Good morning. Good to see you guys today. If you're new to Hope Church, we want you to know we're glad you're here today. And um, this is not our normal get up, but I'm totally cool with this. I, I love this. And, you know, as, since I've been a pastor, I've always wanted to preach in shorts. I, I, a lot of you older people look at me like, this young man's up there with, with, with shorts on. What's his problem? It's hot out here. That's why I got shorts on. And uh, anyways, I'm glad. And, uh, man, one of the things about our church, you got to know if, if you're just joining us, is one of the things that we say is that we do work here. We do work here. We show up early and we do work because we believe what we have is so important that it's going to take work to make it happen. The best things in life take hard work. The things that if you want to get somewhere, you want, you want to do some great things, you got to be able to do some work. And so we did some work this morning. There was a crew that showed up here at 7 a.m. and helped us. And before you guys got here, we were blowing uh, breakers back here on the, on the generators. It was just not going well. And um, I, I'm still thankful to have my friends here today. And a lot of you guys have sent me encouraging text messages. It's going to be great. And some of these guys that come at 7 a.m., they're not the most optimistic people, you, as you can imagine. Like 7 a.m. is typically... They're, they're okay to be awake, but they're, they're not always optimistic. But this crew jumped in, and I was telling Ryan today, who's a, I think he's a natural pessimist, um, but I said, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're behind this. You know, I'm glad you're behind this. And I said, Steven, Steven's somewhere around here. I said, I mean, I'm glad Steven's behind this too. It helps when people are behind it and things are going in a good way. And a lot of you guys are new today. I see a lot of new faces. And, man, I'm glad you guys are here today. And um, we're going to dedicate some babies in, in just a few moments. And I'm glad to see my friends here. And it's crazy. I've been inviting some people to come to our church church and to come visit our church and this is the day they came to visit. Um, this past week I got a phone call from a pastor in Altamont and he said, hey man, we got some stuff. Um, a, a friend of mine um, called me and he used to go to our church. They've got some stuff and they want you to take it. They want you to take it and distribute it. And so I'm like, man, we don't have a church building much less the one we got doesn't have any power in it. So I'm like, I don't know how we can take this. It's a trailer full of stuff. And so I was able to invite my friend. Uh, I said, hey, why don't you come check out my church? And, and she showed up today with her fiance and good looking young man, lucky guy. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad they're here today and I've seen some new faces. Ryan and I went and picked up some fans today from, from CrossFit Winter Garden where I work out at. And, and I, I was looking to my right and my left. And I said, man, that looks like Megan and uh, Megan's running. And so I'm like, that's what it's like to not have to come to church early. You know, you can just go run and still make it to church. I'm judging you. And, um, <clears throat> and so anyways, we're just glad you guys are here today. We're glad you're here today. I'm glad you made it through. I'm glad you made it through. Like Dinah says, you made it. And um, you're here today, and so you made it. You're doing a good job, and, and, and we're glad you're, glad you're here today. We have a lot going on in our church. Next week, we turn two years old, and so we're really excited about that to be. Yes, you can clap for that. That's awesome. Thanks for clapping. It makes me, makes me think that you're actually excited about the church being alive still. And so um, churches are, unlike, are just like any other. Um, they're way different, but churches are just like startup businesses. If they make it a year, they can make it, you know? And, and so we've made it a year, and we're like so glad we made it. I, usually I break things, and so that we made it a year, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And that we made it two years, I, I feel pretty good about it. I haven't broken anything yet, and I feel like we're going to make it a, a little further down the road. And so we're excited about that. And we do things at our church called community groups. It's where we get people inside homes, and we hang out, and we always eat um, because we have streams of Baptist in us. Not a lot, but there's streams of Baptist in us. So we like to eat when we do stuff. And so we eat and we hang out and, and we do a lot of fun things together. And so if all that, any of that interests you, um, we want you to know next week is our birthday party. We'd love for you to come back. Um, and also, um, if you want to get in a group, it's not too late. Um, just see someone in a Hope t-shirt and they'll get you to a group. Three or four start tonight. One starts on Tuesday night. There's a marriage one on Tuesday night. There's ones for everyone, all ages, all shapes and sizes. Um, but I want to talk to you today about the storm. And uh, how many of you guys, Dinah already asked you guys, a lot of you guys this week, you lost power. 
And uh, there's nothing like losing power. You're a little bit defeated because you, the reason why you're so defeated is because you're so used to having power. That's your normal. Uh, I saw a guy post yesterday, Pastor Scott, actually, who invited my friend to come. He, he said, man, I, I'm still flipping on light switches. He still don't have power yet. A, a week into this thing, there's no power, but he's still flipping on the light switches. We're so used to having power, so when we don't have it, it frustrates us. Some of you guys this week, your diet went to another planet. You were just eating all your snacks. You ate the snacks before the hurricane got here. Let's be honest. Uh, we were buying stuff that we don't even normally eat. I'm like, we don't even eat that. We, Dinah was out of town Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before the storm got here. Or, and she's like, hey, you need to go buy some stuff. I'm like, I don't shop normally. So this is not going to be good. I was in the candy aisle looking for stuff. You know, I'm like a box of candy at Sam's. We can live off Snickers for a long time. Reese's peanut butter cups, baby root. This will make it. And she's like, no, get some vegetables. And I'm like, I don't even eat vegetables. I'm like, man. So I'm like, we had applesauce and we had granola bars. I thought we can make it. Our kids are so picky. So like they were either going to die or eat whatever we had, you know. And so we had bananas and I just grabbed whatever I thought was a good idea. Dinah said, get bread. And I grabbed some bagels because I'm like, that sounds good to me, you know. Like we may need that. And so some of you guys this week, you, you gained some weight and that was a difficult situation for you. And uh, some of you guys, maybe your football team lost yesterday. And those are all small things. Those are all small challenges, you know, your, your power going out is, a, is not a, it's not the end of the world. I was telling a friend of mine, I, I do a lot of marriage coaching, and I tell, I tell a lot of couples, if you can't handle the small things, you won't be able to handle the big things, you know? And I, I remember hearing one of my um, professors at college say, if you cuss out a flat tire, how are you going to handle something major that happens? And I was like, man, that's a good point. So I quit cussing out my tires, you know what I'm saying? And I just realized that so, as we get older and as life goes on, the challenges and the frustrations and the hurricanes get a little bit bigger. They get a little bit harder. Some of you guys right now, you may be having feelings of, man, my life's not making sense. My life's not making sense. I posted last night, if you feel like you're stuck or you feel like things aren't going the way you should go, you ought to, you ought to come to my church tomorrow. I want to give you some encouragement. I want, to, I want to give you some inspiration from God's word that maybe could change your life. And it's easy to get likes for that kind of stuff because most people are in that situation. Things aren't always going the way they thought it would go. Relationships aren't going the way we thought we should go. The finances aren't going the way that we thought they should go. And and they get a little bit challenging. I would, I would venture to say in this room in here today or this outdoor auditorium today, if I ask some of you guys in, in here today, how many of you guys have ever prayed for something and, and God didn't show up? And we, we could begin to raise our hands. Josh always reminds us that God either says yes, he says no, or he says not right now. And that's encouraging to know. And I, whenever Josh said that, like, I'm gonna steal that. I, need, I needed to be reminded that sometimes God doesn't say yes when I want him to. And sometimes he says no when I don't want him to say no. And sometimes it seems like he doesn't answer, which that really is an answer. His answer is saying, hey, Wes, you're not ready for that quite yet. I, I remember when we launched this church and, and I thought, God, it's going pretty smooth. God, and I was like, God, don't let me break anything. Don't let me break anything. Don't let me break anything. And then this week, I didn't break anything, but I realized I've been praying a lot that the power would come on. I was, I, I started messaging people, hey, pray the power comes on. Hey, pray the power comes on. I texted Alma, Amarillis and Eric, which are my, my prayer counsel. And I'm like, hey, I need you guys to pray that the, the power comes back on. And God said no to that answer. Obviously, we're here today. And, and that defeats me. I text Witt and Matt. I'm like, that makes me frustrated. That makes me mad. And I don't get mad at God. I've, I've been in this a little bit too long. I'm, I'm, I've been a Christian long enough to not get mad at God probably as much as probably as some may, or maybe not as frequently as probably some may. But I, I was telling them, and I, this is frustrating. People walk up today and they say, hey, are you okay? You're, you're seeing me as high on coffee. 
happy, smiling. Some of you guys are like, man, what happened to you? Did you get hit by a hurricane? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And I'm typically always on, on, on a high and always excited. We had a group at my house on Wednesday. I was excited on Wednesday, but it was Thursday. I came here on Thursday, and I see trees being moved, and I see power lines going up. And it's Friday power lines going up. I'm like, this is looking really good. And I'm just declared in Jesus' name, there's going to be power. And, you know, I'm like, if this happens, this is going to be great. And I come here on Friday and I'm like, God, maybe some of you guys, this is, you can follow this train of thought. Sometimes when things aren't going the way, we think, well, maybe I'll do something good and then God will show up. So I was like, great idea. I pulled up to the YMCA and I've been helping people this week. I helped my friend. They got 20 trees down in the back and no one should own 20 trees, but they had 22, 20 trees on their, on their property go down. And because I'm a rule breaker, I broke curfew. And I went out there, I had to help them. I think I just wanted to break the rule of the curfew, but I went and helped them. I was chainsawing trees. I put a cooler in the back of my truck and I put Gatorade in it and water. And I was going to go help people. And so I pulled up in the parking lot and the Y staff was sitting out here telling people, hey, we're closed. So I came the first day. I was like, here's some, here's some water in Jesus' name. I'm like, God, you see what I just did? You see that? The next day I show up and I'm like, God, I, I, I pull up there and I get there and the guys are there. I was like, hey, have you guys had lunch yet? I'll get it for you. Whatever you want. doesn't matter how much it costs. Our church, we believe in generosity and we're going to get you lunch in the name of Jesus. So I go get them lunch. I go to Savory. I, I, it was too long. I bought them two meals. I, I pull up. I said, hey guys, I brought you lunch. God, you see what I just did? <laughs> Man, I'm, I feel like I'm doing... I feel like I'm doing a good thing. The next day I came, they were still out of water. I drove to several places to look for ice because my cooler ran out of ice and no ice. I'm like, God, I've driven, a, I've driven like an extra two miles to find cold water, God. And still, God didn't answer. I think we live lives like that. When we think God, things should go a certain way, but they don't go the way. And some of us in here today, you've blamed God. You've blamed God. And maybe I've blamed God at times in my life. And <clears throat> blaming someone else is always, always helps us, doesn't it? Isn't it easy to blame? And it's, it's easy for us to blame God because he's the creator of the universe. We'll just blame God. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that I work out with, and he said, you know, when I was young, I blamed God on everything. He goes, I saw some pretty bad stuff. He goes, when I turned 30, I realized that wasn't God's fault. It was me doing a lot of stupid stuff. He said, I saw some things that most 15-year-olds and 16-year-old kids shouldn't have seen or shouldn't see at all. And Maybe you're in here today, you feel like you have just a weight sitting on your chest. We did this stupid workout this week um, where you had to do these kettlebell raises, which wasn't a big deal. I was like, I got this. And then after you do that, you had to put this 53-pound kettlebell on your chest and walk 200 miles. And I hate saying stuff like this because Lee, what Lee does is he makes the workout hard. I've noticed now after being friends with him for a year, when I say negative things about CrossFit, he makes the workout harder the next week. And I'm learning the track. I got to shut up, but I'm, I'm a slow learner. Ask my dad. And, um, but I, I'm, we're carrying this 53-pound thing on our chest, and it had to stay on your chest. You had to walk 200, 200 uh, meters and, and come back, and there was three or four rounds of that. And maybe you feel like that, man. My, I feel like there's a weight. There's a weight that's sitting on my chest, Wes, and things aren't going the way they should go. And the heart attack I didn't plan for, or the in-laws that moved in that I didn't plan for happening, the job thing didn't happen. And we all can relate with one of those stories where just things aren't going the exact way. I was talking to a buddy of mine this week. We went out and had lunch. Um, any excuse to get a Zinger Mountain Melt. Um, I did get a water, though, that, if that makes it any better. I don't know if that makes it any better, but I got a water. And, you know, I resigned from my job. And just things all, we all can say, man, I, things aren't going the way I thought they should go. And I'm, I'm bumming or I'm frustrated. And, and if you're in there and you can relate with any of that today, if you feel like there's a hurricane going on in your life, then I want you to know there's, there's hope. There's encouragement with that. You're like, man, Wes, all right, take off the weight because that, that's a lot heavy. I remember when Katrina hit, we loaded up a semi and we drove um, out to um, 
out to Alabama or Louisiana. I don't remember exactly where we went, but I remember driving out there with Derek and, and a few other people. And, and I remember them interviewing Diana's dad and, and the guy, and I remember something that Diana's dad said that stuck in my mind. It's been in my mind forever. And he said, they said, uh, Dr. Janie, what, do you, what are your thoughts about this hurricane that's happening in these other places? And, and he says, you know, well, Dr. Janie said just like this. He goes, well, you know, I've, I've been all around the world to some of the worst places in the world. And he goes, and there's a hurricane every single day in the Karangwari slums. And it's stuck in my mind. And I think maybe for you, you live in a hurricane. And it's just frustrating. It's, things aren't going the way they should go. There's some hope for you. There's some hope for you. I want to give you the title of my sermon today. I'm this far in. I forgot to give you the title. It's Yes, Jesus Loves Me. Yes, Jesus Loves Me. Yes, Jesus Loves Me. We're going to dedicate some babies in a moment. I think every mom sings Yes, Jesus Loves Me. And what I like about moms, Chris, and I like about moms, Ron, I don't know y'all's wives. I mean, I know your wife because she's my sister. And I, I don't know if Emily can or not. But it doesn't matter if you can sing or not. Every mom's going to sing, yes, Jesus loves me. And I don't care if you're a good singer or a bad singer. Every mom is singing that, you know. And, and I've heard some moms sing. Not neither one of you guys. But I've heard some moms sing. I'm like, man, that poor kid. You know, he's not going to stop crying because it sounds terrible. You know, like the words are good. But the, the music part, the melody is not sounding that good. And so I want, to help you, I want to help you with this idea of the fact, or kind of talk around the fact of, yes, Jesus loves me. If you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. I got all kinds of devices up here today, and they're not even mine. Luke chapter 15. The Bible says in verse 1, the tax collectors said, I'm sorry, the tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. So the roughest people in the world came to hear Jesus teach hear Jesus talk. The people that were living in hurricanes, frustrations, the Hurricane Irma's, what happened in Houston and, and whatever's happened behind it. People that live in rough, rough, rough lives, even the roughest people came to hear Jesus teach. Even the tax collectors, it says. If you're following along with us, with us on your app, you can go to YouVersion. There's an app and you can follow along on the scripture on there, YouVersion, and click on live events and the scripture will be there as well. It should be up on the screen for you as well. But the roughest, toughest, and baddest people came to hear Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people and even even Jesus hung out with some people that you and I probably wouldn't hang out with or maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't hang out with. I, my brother, Ron, and Ron is gonna dedicate him and Brooke's baby today and his best man is here today. And Ron, Ron's got some rough friends, you know. I'm just kidding. I hung out with this guy, but Jesus will hang out with anybody. I love, I love bumping into my man. We'll bump in at Starbucks, and he's a, a networker. He'll be coming out with three or four trays of Starbucks to take it to the hospital and to, and to, to personal relationship, PR this thing. That's what he does, PR. But it's just all this customer service, and Jesus will hang out with anybody. He went to some places and set up some places. You'd be like, man, Jesus went there? Tax collectors were the worst people. Sinners. If they use the word sinners, it's not just sinners like you and me. It's like really bad sinners. Jesus would teach to anybody, and he would hang out with anybody, it says. And this made the church people or the Pharisees mad about that. Verse 3, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? If one sheep gets lost, it says here, would the, would the, would the shepherd go out and find one, when he lost, when he had 99. And if you were to high honest in here today, if you had 99 sheep and one got away, you wouldn't care because you've got, you've got 99. So those are, those are really good odds. 
If you're going to bet and the odds are 99 to 1, you're doing pretty good. But that's not a big deal to you. But this passage of Scripture says that the shepherd would actually go after, would go after the one. He, he would go after it and he would look for it and he would take care of it. Verse 5 says this, And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have it strayed away. In this story, he's talking about the good shepherd. He's talking about the good shepherd that we talk about in Psalms chapter 23 that we read that very, the, the, the Lord's, the Lord's um, that we talk about the Lord's prayer and we talk about Psalms 23 where, he's, where God is the shepherd and he leads us to perfect pastures. And he leads us to water and he takes care of us and he walks through the valley with us. He's talking about that shepherd in the story. It really isn't a story about a shepherd. It really isn't a story about a, about a sheep. This is about people who need Jesus. These are people who need to hear the words, yes, Jesus loves me. This is a story about a people who need to be able to believe that, yes, Jesus actually does love me. Jesus actually does care for me. He's not talking about sheep. And sometimes when you read the Bible, if you don't know, then you don't know. He's not talking about sheep in here. We go on a little bit further. He talks about a coin and a guy and this, this person having 10 coins and losing one coin. And it says the shepherd or the guy with the coin will flip the house upside down. He'll look for the one lost coin. Or then it goes on, talks about a dad, a dad who, who one of his sons says, dad, I want nothing to do with you. I want my money and I want my inheritance and I'm gonna get out of here. And one stays back and one goes away. He's talking about people in this story. People that are having a tough time. People that are saying, God, this is your fault. God, this is, God, why did you do this? Or God, how did this happen? Or, or who's saying, God, my, my story, my story is a hurricane or my life is a mess or God, I'm confused or God, I, w I wish I could pull my hair out, God, but I don't have any hair. And he's talking about people that are just trying to make, make it. And he's having a tough time. And he's frustrated. And he says, would he go after, would Jesus go after just the one? Would he go after, would he go after just, just one sheep when the majority of them are still there? And this is, and Jesus said, yeah, I would, man. I, Sick, and we, we, we read on in the scripture, scripture, I don't need that. The scripture talks about that Jesus tells us all, all throughout scripture that, man, sick people need help. And we all have a sickness. It's the sickness we have is, is sin, and we all have it. Everyone in a chair in here today or out here today, we all have the same sickness, and that sickness is sin. We all have it. We all have, we, at our church, we use the phrase hurts, habits, and hangups. We all have them. We all have frustration. We all have things in our life that we wish if we could remove it, we would. Or if we could call someone and say, God, could you make this remove? Or God, if you could turn the power back on, God, that would be great. Or God, if you could make the bank account just fill up miraculously, God, that'd be great. We all have a thing in our life where we wish we could say, God, could you make this go away? We would ask God to make it go away. Uh, my friend Lee is here today and, and, and Lee is a, a compassionate guy and I think he's compassionate. He likes people for sure and he even loves people, but we've tried so many, every time it's, it's tough. We've asked you guys to bring stuff and we've collected almost 4,000 diapers and I see more, more diapers showing up and, and sometimes I get scared to ask for us, but I see some people, they just keep on giving and keep on giving and keep on giving and keep on giving. And that is, Lee's like that. He's, he's a giver. And some of you guys here today, you're a giver, but even the greatest giver still has great needs. But what we do a lot of times, like, well, I have a need, then I'm, I have a need, I can't help. It would have been easy for me to stay at home this week and, and not go help anybody. But I realized if I stayed home, I would be stuck in a house with no air conditioning with four people. So I'm like, I got to go help. 
I have to go help Diana. I can't really help. I got, I got to leave, you know, but it's, 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 it's one thing a lot of times when we have frustrations or we have hurts, we're like, well, I can't help anybody. Things just aren't good for me. Things aren't going great for me. I can't, I can't do anything. And I love to see that you guys are saying, man, we're still going to help people. And we're going to, we're going to go after people. And Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go after people. I'm going to, I'm going to help people. The people that have it together, that think they have to get, I'm going to go after them. And the people that everything's falling apart, I'm going to go after, I'm going to go after them. In this story here today, we're all the one lost sheep. We're the, we're the lost coin. We're the son that runs away. And Jesus said, hey, I, I need to tell you something. I need you to know that, yes, Jesus does love you. Yes, Jesus loves Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. And you need to be able to believe the fact that Jesus loves you. Not only you gotta believe it, you gotta say it. Sometimes when you say it, it instills in your heart. You gotta walk, walk away today saying, Jesus loves you no matter what. I preached to high school kids um, this past summer, and, and one of the things that I, I spent time talking with, a lot of time talking to them about, is the fact that this, is that Jesus loves them even when things are good, and Jesus loves them even when things are bad. Jesus loves us 24-7. He loves us all the time. And so I want to give you two things there that I think you need to, that you need to, you need to grasp, okay, that you need to take away with you. And they'll be up on the screen for you if, if you want to take a picture today of the screen. It may help you remember some of these things. But I want you to know two things. They, sometimes the place you're used to, it's not the place you belong. Sometimes the place that you're used to is not the place that you belong I think it's easy for us in a room this size or an audience this size to say, Wes, well, things, just, things have always been pretty bad for me. That's what I get. I was talking to a friend of mine today, uh, um, this, in this last season, and she came up to me I, a, few weeks, a few months ago when I was gone, and my, my best friend preached here today, and this girl came up to me, and she said, man, I did something really, really bad about eight years ago, and I haven't forgiven myself. And she goes, and because of that, I've done some things. I've made, I've made one bad choice and, and I've not made some good choices because I made this one bad choice back here. And she goes, I feel like God's gonna, God wants to punish me or God wants me to stay in this bad place in my life. And I want you to know in here today, no matter where you're at here today, just because, just because you've been there for a while or it's the place that you're used to, it doesn't mean it's the place that you belong. I want you to know in here today that you've got greatness in you. You've got greatness around you. God wants to do some incredible things in your life. He wants to do immeasurably more in your life. He wants to use you. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. And the reason why I know that is because the Bible tells us that. But it's, you've got to start believing that. I've said that probably since day one. I say a lot of things that, are, that I think will inspire you. But if you don't believe them, it doesn't really, really matter. You've got to begin to believe. Just because you've been there and you're used to it, it doesn't mean you belong there. If things are frustrating, you've been frustrated and things aren't going good and things, and things have never been good, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that's where you belong. It doesn't mean that you have, to, you have to stay there. I heard someone say recently, just probably in the last couple of days, that um, no matter what season that you're in, it's not gonna last forever. If you're in here today, any, all of you guys have been through a tough time at some point in your life. Maybe a death or a disease or, or divorce. You've been some, those are the greatest three things that can happen. Death, divorce, and disease. Those are the three, three great Ds that anyone could ever go through. And if you've been through any of those, if you talk to anyone who's ever been through that, they're only a season. If you've had a flat tire, it hasn't lasted forever. If you run out of gas, maybe walking to the gas station, that's lasted forever, but it hasn't lasted forever. If you were in through a hurricane and you didn't have power, it lasted for a season, but it didn't last forever. Just because you're used to it, it does not, it does not believe that you have to stay there. It's not the place you belong. Sometimes the place you're used to is not the place you belong. And here's the second thing that I want to give you. I think that's super important for you to grasp. It's this. 
There's never been a moment, or there's never a moment when Jesus stops loving his children. There's never a moment when Jesus stops loving his children. What if I do something really, really stupid, Wes? God's already taken an account for that. And parents in here today, we gotta take a good, we gotta, rem, we gotta remember this for down the road, okay? Jesus already knows you're gonna do something stupid tomorrow or in two years from now or three years from now or five years from now. And because he knows that, and because all of your sins were future sins, when you died on the cross for your sins, because when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, all your sins were future sins, there, there's never been a moment, there's never a moment when Jesus stops loving his children because he already knew you were gonna do all those stupid things. Moms and dads, uh, Joy's here today, and she's, she's Ryan's, Ryan's sweet mom, and, and I'm sure Ryan has done a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, he did something stupid yesterday, so <laughs> I'm sure you're used to it now. It's just, and now Annie's getting to enjoy that, and you're just, you're just used to it. It's just, it's just one of those things where it happens, you know? We're joking with, I was joking with, with Ryan this morning. I like hanging out with them because um, I like to make fun of people. But Ryan, Ryan thinks, Annie, that he's always right. He's always right. It really, it really doesn't matter. We were, we were joking about him being right. I was, we were loading up stupid fans in the back of the truck that we didn't use because it was so nice. Plus it was gonna break the generators, we think. So we were, but then he's like, hey, just do it this way. And I'm like, and I'm, my mind, I, I'm the guy that thinks there's multiple ways to do it. And Ryan's like, there's one way, Wes. It's my way. And that's synonymous with the right way. <laughs> I'm like, ah, you know, I want to jump out of the truck, you know. And so I realize in life, we do some stupid things and we think it disqualifies us from God's love. We do some dumb things and we think it disqualifies us from God's love. Well, God can't love me, Wes. I've done stupid stuff. God, Wes, I, I, and, and here's some of you guys in here today. We think, well, if I do a lot of good stuff, then God will love me more. I've done a lot of bad stuff. God can't love me. I've done a lot of good stuff. And I, I'm, I'm still trying to do it because I'm trying to get God to love me more. And there's never, ever been a moment when Jesus stops loving his children. And here today, if you're a child of God, Jesus never has and he never will stop loving you. The kicker is you got to make sure that you're one of his children. You gotta make sure you're one of his children. Our parents, they are gonna dedicate these two, these two sweet little babies and they're dedicating themselves to God, but dedicating their child to God because they know that they, got, they want their child or their, 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 their children to be God's son. You know, I have a, I have a good dad and I love my dad. And, and this past week, um, I got a picture you, I don't even know if you've seen the picture, but I, this lady gave me this picture and she gave me this picture of my dad. You probably are 14 or 15. I'm gonna show it to you. And um, it was awesome. And the Afro was sick, by the way. And, and it, him and my uncle, are, or my dad's born in January. My uncle's born in, in November and they were on the same baseball team. Is that pretty, am I pretty accurate so far? And my grandpa was your coach at some point, right? And my grandpa, I'm, I'm, I'm editing the story for you. My grandpa, my dad's dad, um, we call him Poopaw. And like I've always said, I don't know if that's a, I've never heard a white person call their grandpa Poopaw. So I don't know if that's a black thing or if that's just, we couldn't say it. So anyway, we called him Poopaw, Ron. That's what we did. And so we called him Poopaw. So he was the coach and I have that picture. And she gave it to me and was, I guess it was black and white. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And I have that picture. And, and while my dad has a, well, I, my dad's here and, and my dad's John Wesley Beecham, 
the first and I'm second and my son's John Wesley Beecham the third and, and he's running around here and he's glad he's not in the church building. He's just glad he's outside. He didn't care. He's probably climbing a tree or marking his territory somewhere. But but so that's three. But they but my dad has a dad and it really doesn't matter how good your dad is or how great your mom is. There's nothing like being a son or daughter to Jesus. There's just nothing like it. I try not to sweat the small things because I know I kind of live a life that Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I, I know because the Bible tells me so. Because I was the one lost sheep and Jesus came and found me. He chased me down and he found me. And I don't remember where, I remember where I was at when he found me. And maybe you remember where God found you, but he pursued you until he found you. Whether you were being good or whether you were being bad, Jesus pursued you until he found you. You're the one lost sheep. Or maybe here today you're the coin and you're lost and, and now Jesus went and found you and now he's got you. You're the coin that he's found and and there, you're the son or you ran away from God. You, like, you know God and you knew about God, but you ran away. And when he came back, the father had his arms wide open. He said, son, come here, I love you. And he never, ever stopped loving. He never stops loving his children. I wanna invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And